Oye, señores y señoritas, bien vida. Ahora tenemos a un primo de cocinar, Vime Cruz of TikTok. Ayúdenme, bienvenido, mi gente. Salud. That's okay. Oh, that's okay. That that's okay. all right. Man, we're happy to have you, man. This is, this is so exciting. It really is. It really is. I'm excited, too. I'm excited to be here with both of you guys. You guys are um, both chefs that I, um, on TikTok that I, that I follow, that I, like, look up to. I'll be like, you know how you go to someone's page and be like, you're going to learn something new? Yeah. You're learning something new. Whether it's whether it's my guy over here responding to sometimes the haters and he's dropping the mic on him with the knowledge. <laughs> I mean, you just always got that level of, like, uh, sophistication with your food, man. I just be like, when people ask me about my food, I'd be like, I'm passionate about food. Yeah, and, and and I cook with passion. I cook with a lot of heart. But there's this bridge that I'm constantly trying to gap, which is that like that that passion, but also have that knowledge and those skills, and just just have the, the those fundamentals that every time mm. you put out there, it'd be like that's the bridge I'm always trying to to gap. And that's why I appreciate both of you guys, man. And um, you guys are yeah. very informative for me as a chef on TikTok. Oh, I, I think you're there, that, Mimi. Don't don't be too modest, man. Don't, you you shut your face, bro. <laughs> What happened? <laughs> I said you shut your face. You're there too, my guy. Yeah, I, I like I like to have fun. I like to have fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Bimi, gotcha, listen gotcha. Uh, for all of our listeners and uh, whoever's watching. Why don't you just give us a little three to five minute summary of uh, how you started cooking, what you liked as a child, your background, just a little snapshot. What brought you to TikTok and all that good stuff? Well, um, I started cooking. Uh, I was more of like a home cook. Uh, when, when I was younger, I was always, I wasn't the best of kids. So, you know, the mom was always like, you're going to stay in this kitchen. You're not going to move till whatever, you know, with your dad gets home, that type of stuff. So I was always stuck in the kitchen watching my mother, watching my grandmother cook. And um, they always cooked from like the ground up. They, they made everything from scratch. It was like the beans were soaked overnight. They was making sofrito. They were building flavor. So I'm watching this because I had no choice. I was stuck there. And these are some of the fundamentals that I started thinking about food. And as I got older, and when I was like 16, I already had my own apartment living on my own. Oh, wow. um, that's when I was like, all right, you know, I used to go hungry sometimes. I used to call my mother, and my mother was like, well, you know, what do you got? What do you got in the, in the, in, like, I was supposed to live with my, my story was sort of like a fresh prince of Bel-Air. I got moved in my aunt and uncle to a town called Bel-Air, except my aunt nice. was in the projects, and she was like, you know, never there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. So my mother, um... You know, I would just stop picking stuff through through the cabinets, like what my aunt had, and she'd be explaining it to me. And um, I started putting these stuff together, and it was just like that mind flash all over again. Like, wow, I remember seeing her doing this. I remember seeing my grandmother doing this. And it's just like, it all made sense. So then I started cooking for all the guys in the neighborhood. You know, I started cooking all the time. It turned into something that I liked. And eventually, as I got older, I did the whole TV show route, and I went to Master Chef with Gordon Ramsay. You know, when they had, um, they had like, do you think you've got what it takes to become, uh, if you're a home cook and you think you got what it takes to be a, a master chef, whatever. I went on a show with nothing but pure passion to cook. Um, I knew some stuff, but I didn't have the biggest knowledge when it came to food. And um, there I was able to like, uh, you know, learn a lot because they teach you stuff while you're on, while you're on the show, they're teaching you. Like every week you're given like different Ooh, like master cool. classes of like, the mother sauces, this, that, whatever. Like, I just give you a crash course on the fundamentals of food. And um, I got sent home early because I'd made a mistake. But the whole time I was there, like, I was winning the the approval of the chefs that were there. 
And before I left, they were like, hey, man, you know, you 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 got a passion for cooking. Whatever it is you're doing at home, you need to belong in the kitchen. Whatever it is you do, you should. if you're ever over here in Chicago, I'll open the door to my restaurant for you. But that type of yada, yada, yada stuff. And I just left there feeling really confident. Like, you know, even though I, I, I was going home early, I felt like, wow, I got the approval of these world-renowned, you know, Michelin star chef like Gordon Ramsay and Graham Elliott just really mm-hmm. singing my praises. Yeah. Next day, I went into um, the closest thing to a scratch kitchen in my city. And um, I went in there looking for, for some work, went in as a line cook. And I've been grinding ever since, you know, and I went from being a line cook to like a line supervisor to eventually moving somewhere else and becoming a sous chef, mm-hmm. executive sous chef to eventually um, executive chef running a restaurant for nice. The last three and a half, four years, you know, uh, an Italian from scratch kitchen, like where we do everything from scratch, constantly mm-hmm. like getting fresh seafood, meats, and just there was throughout this whole process of like the last like almost uh, eight to ten years, I've really evolved like hands dirty in the grind, like working my way up in the kitchen and just, and that's where yeah. my passion is right now, you know? That's amazing, nice. man. And what, what's your nationality? Beanie Cruz, Puerto, Puerto Rican, right? Puerto Rican, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's that's dope, man. You know, it's funny because like, I love the fact of like, there's some. Listen, and you know this. If you work in the restaurant industry, there are some people that have had it the hard way. You know what I'm saying? And there's some people that have it handed to them. Where I'm talking about cooks. But yep. what I realize mm-hmm. is these cooks that immediately from high school go to culinary school. Mommy and daddy pay for everything. They they baby them. You know what I'm saying? They they come into a kitchen and they're not ready for the heat you, you know what i'm talking about y'all know what i'm talking about and I listen do. i'm glad because guess what i grew up in the hard knocks life too like no, don't, don't get me wrong my childhood was very good but what i'm saying is in the kitchen life when i was 14 and 15 and mm-hmm. 16 and 17 grinding at the wheel you know getting shit on you know what i'm saying and i went to culinary school for the piece of paper you know what I'm saying? I, I didn't go to culinary school for because I needed to train. I was training in the restaurant already. When I went to culinary school, I already knew how to cut, to like make sauce stocks, mother sauces. I already mm-hmm. had all that under my belt. And the thing is, is I love to hear stories like yours because, you know, it's true, man. It's true. It's like if you're passionate about cooking, you don't need to do anything except for fucking cook. Like, yeah. I don't care what yeah. anybody says. Like, stop crying shut the fuck up and go cook right like no like everybody's like everybody always like um you know cries about like oh well this and that and this guy makes more money than me and blah 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 and it's like dude worry about your motherfucking self worry about yourself and your future not everybody you know everybody it doesn't get dealt the same hand of cards but the thing is is you have to own your shit you have to own your shit and move forward with your life and it's crazy because like obviously i follow you on tiktok um you know, and we became friends quite a while back, but it's like, you know, we have that mutual respect for chefs. You know what I'm saying? Like as yeah. chefs, like you can hop on the app and, and Casey, tell me if I'm wrong here. You, you, you know, like when you're going through somebody's page, you can tell if they're a chef or not. You know what I'm saying? If oh, they yeah. put in the work. Immediately. Like you, you're like, Hey, let's, let's keep it real. And the thing is, is I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to play devil's avocado against myself. It's like, I remember when I first hopped on the app. And I saw all these motherfuckers out here, like they buy a chef, a chef coat online, they put their name on it, they, they hop in their kitchen and they all like, yeah, my name is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this is what I'm doing. And I'm a chef and chef this and chef that. And I'm like, you're not a chef. Like, absolutely, <laughs> you're, 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 you're not a chef. Like, 
you could say whatever you want in your own little world, but there's a difference between mm-hmm. a chef and a chef. You know what I mean? And but now it's it's kind of crazy because I think I have a different perspective on it. Right. Where I am so happy to see so many people genuinely interested in cooking and wanting to become chefs. So yeah. my true my true passion is, is trying to make the chef life a better life, because I'm going to be honest, it sucks. It really it does. does. When you grind in a restaurant, you, you like a lot of cooks ask me, uh, you know, when they're really young, like 19, 20 years old, they're like, hey, what do I have to do? What is it? T- I want to be a chef. I want to be a chef. And part of me says, no, you don't, dude. No, you don't. I remember, <laughs> I remember when I was 20 years old and uh, the, the chef at this fine dining restaurant, he's like, hey, you want to come to fine dining? Okay, get ready to get rid of all your weekends, all your holidays, all your nights. Are you ready for that? Pretty much. I'm like, yes, yes, yeah. chef, I'm ready. And I did because I was young. You know what I'm saying? And I yeah. did it and I, I worked for free and all this shit. But let me tell you something, man. That shit takes a toll on you. It really does. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we could pave the lane for the younger generation of chef. And also, I think it's equally as important as growing up as a cook to take pictures of your food, take pictures of your progress, post it online, whether you like it or not. Because here's the thing, it wasn't cool until like 2015 to be able to take pictures on the line at work, right? Dude, if you did that before that time, bro, you're getting, you're getting iced. I would get murdered. And, uh... Oh, gentlemen, just so you know, I have I have some cannolis in the oven, so my timer's going to go off here pretty soon, but I'm going to step and grab uh-huh. them, but then I'm coming right back. But uh, I don't know, Casey, tell me what your uh, perception on that is. On working and not seeing yeah. my family for 20-some fucking years? Yeah, I, um, so Bimi, uh, my, my background is, uh, so Brandon brought this up, uh, the, the former pal, we're like yin and yang, yeah. so Brandon went Michelin route, I went corporate route, and both kind of the same uh, instances but like when I was got, trying to do the Michelin this Brandon I was like this was 2006 7 8 yeah. um, I was in a city New York City and it was so cutthroat that I it just it didn't settle with me I didn't like that environment so I was just like fuck this I'm gonna make more money corporate anyway so I went corporate and I got paid uh, and been doing that ever since but like I still stage every once in a while uh, to the city to, to keep my brain Sure, but the question for you, though, Bimi, I, I, I didn't know that you went to MasterChef, okay? Can, are you allowed to talk some, some yeah, stuff on it? Do you have, like, an NDA? Ago. Yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't know, because, like, I had some NDAs that I wasn't able to, um, to say. Like, I mentioned to Brandon, he did, uh, he did a P.F. Chang's recipe almost too close. Too, like, too, too close. And I'm like, ah. Uh, it was it's, better, bro. Uh, I can tell better. you what it is. Yeah, it no, no, better. I know it's better. I'm just hey, saying. You don't have I'm to worry saying. about them NDAs, man. They're not going to come after you, bro. You don't have any assets. Well, don't worry. Don't worry. Well, it's, trust me, true. it doesn't, it doesn't hold true. up in court. Trust me. That is true. That yeah, is true. It, okay, um, like, like, here's the thing. Like, Casey, if you were, let's say, if you were popping on social media, you had 10 million uh, followers, mm-hmm. and, you get, and, you, and you have an income, or you generally have some assets, some real estate, some, you know, some expensive mm-hmm. shit. If you were to give away a recipe that's under that contract, then they could come after you and it'd be worth it for them. But if not, if you're just yeah. a piece of shit like it's me not, that doesn't have any assets, <laughs> yeah. dude, it's fine. Yo, I don't, I don't have anything. But anyway, the, yeah. but hey, but, still but listen, listen, paper, r- right? real quick, I don't want to cut you off, but uh, Bimi, I think this is really important. A lot of people, a lot of people think that, and I want to hear your honest opinion. So I, I lived in Los Angeles for three or four years and the yeah. show Master Chef, a lot of people they are truly convinced that you become a chef after that show. Like this, and I'm like, listen, unfortunately, (laughs) unfortunately, it's a reality TV show, Yeah. right? So they put you, a good example is people like you and 
people or young cooks in this situation to create the drama. Do you know what I'm saying? And a lot of people don't understand that. So what is your so, point of view? Yeah, what's your point of view uh, on that? You got to think about it, right? So you got the producers constantly trying to like, you know, egg you on. The show was extremely toxic, first of all. I, I never was okay. in such a toxic environment. And I'm not one of these people where... Wow, I'm really? Like, um, hey, hey, Brandon, you know, they, they said this about you. What do you think? Uh, this Like stirring the pot, trying to get everybody to react. I'm like, if you just say it to my face, you don't confront me about it. I don't care, man. I don't got time for he say, he say. I'm yeah. here to learn. See, I went there with an extreme, like, craving to learn. I always wanted to make, um, like, cooking or being a chef, like, a, a career. I just didn't know how to go about it. So I was like, you know, and I am also was at a, at a point in my life where it's like, I got to do something. You get what I'm saying? I got to do something. Like, I feel like I need to do something with myself, with my career. I want to make my daughters proud. They, yeah, they exactly. Like, okay, you know, like my dad does this or my dad does that, you know, and, and food was just like a deep passion of mine. So when you was on the show, everybody there was all like these, like food nerds. Everybody seemed to be like a food nerd. They knew everything, whatever. But when push came to shove, like they, not all the time would they be able to step up to the plate. And a lot of them were there just for other agendas. They wanted the, the exposure. They wanted publicity. They wanted whatever. And they thought that life was going to be sweet after the show. I'm the only one that I could that I know of my season that after the show, after whatever, I didn't do try to do any type of social media. I didn't try to do anything else. All I did was go to a kitchen, put my nose down, my head down, and just grind. Grind. People be like, "Oh, you was mm. on MasterChef." I don't even like to talk about that anymore. Now I don't mind. Not now I don't mind talking about it because I I feel like I worked my way up into a kitchen. Real life cooking and TV cooking night and day, night and day. There's no if and about a comparison. I'll, if I'll you be right became back. A chef, Keep talking. I, I hear that beeper. As if, if you if you <laughs> become if you go on one of those shows and now you think that by that you could run a restaurant and you think that you're some type of like, no man, it's not. There's a dip, and, and everybody knows in a restaurant like once you're in the top, you're. You're not even doing as much cooking. You might work on a special Correct. here and there, but you're going to delegate that to your sous chef. Your sous chef, you're yeah, going to bring it down. This is what I'm doing. He's going to delegate it to the line, and then you're going to be overseeing, like making sure that those specials are coming out right. You know, during the service. But you're, you know, I'm exporting. I'm running the wheel. You know, during service. Mm -hmm. So you know, I'm, I have to trust my sous chefs. They're going to take care of all that. I'm going to I'm going to trust that my my line is strong, and they're going to be able to execute everything that I need. You know, and we all know, like, you know, especially when the pandemic started in the middle of the pandemic, when everything was going on, sometimes it, it messes up your like your special sometimes because you're like, I can't really put this on because I'm mm -hmm. so short staff. I got this guy that's only been here for three weeks. I'm already overwhelming him. by putting him in on Garmin yeah. J slash grill. I can't give him this like special and put it over here. Now I'm putting more on the plate on my saute guy. You think you could probably pick this up? And so again, what the reason what I'm, I'm digressing but what i'm trying to say is that there's so much more than just you know whatever you see on tv tv is mm. good they try to set up the drama they try to do whatever gordon ramsay starts yelling and screaming and and you know yeah. but gordon ramsay is a passionate guy you, you know he he wants a great service and that's one thing that even on the show like he tries to like express even when the cameras are off like all right guys listen now when these people come in, we want to make sure that this and that, like he's so focused on the service and that's when he starts spazzing and losing his shit when service ain't going right and you're fucking up a, <laughs> a plate that, you know, he worked on and you want, 
and he wants you to execute it a certain way, whatever. But, you know, night and day, night and day, nobody in my season has um, gone on to do anything um, professional in the kitchen other than, you know, mm. just uh, my friend Eddie, he's on he's on a Food Network now. He went on to do, um, he won the next Food Network star, so he does a lot of, he, he's on the Food Network right now. You guys know Eddie Jackson? You've seen him on, I don't know if you watch Food uh, Network at all. The name uh, yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah, not really. Like, I feel like there's a really big disconnect with the real professional chef world and uh, reality professional, or reality chef world, right? And that's what I was just explaining to him right there, yeah. is that like, you're, a lot of times you're not even cooking that much. I'm, I'm, you know, you're you're dealing with like you know scheduling. You're dealing with your vendors. You're dealing with everything going on. Putting out every fire. You know you while you're doing this, you like you you don't even got that much time to cook. You come up with a special and you're delegating it to your sous chef. Like hey, listen, yeah. this is what I like. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking this 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 whatever. Boom. Now he's delegating it to to the line and he's doing whatever. And when you come to the line after you finish doing what you're doing and service starts, that's when you're like, all right, how we looking? This is, and I'm trusting them to make sure that they're ready to go. I'm trusting them that they got yeah. their mm-hmm. supplies in place. I'm trusting, and 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 I give it to my sous chef if they're not ready. I give it to the line if they're not ready. And when service starts, now that's when I'm actually double checking stuff. But you know, I'm yeah. I was busy all the way until service started. You know, and it's just like you know what's crazy. You know what's crazy. And uh, Casey, tell me if you feel this way, but um, mm. I'll be completely honest and transparent. I work so hard to become an executive chef, chef de cuisine. Yeah, I worked my fucking ass off man and let me tell you something when i got to the exec level i started to lose passion i started to lose like you know what i actually don't fucking like this i don't really like i I, like and here's the thing there's two things that i don't really like and it's the reason why i just continue to cook my heart out i just because i am super passionate about doing things i've never done before like good example i just went down the panettone panettone freaking rabbit hole it takes five days to make Mm -hmm. this bread and the relief of actually making it and committing to it was amazing. And that's the feeling I love. I love chasing after something yeah. that's almost unattainable. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Making things from scratch that I've never made before. But I have to be honest, when I made it to Executive Chef and I was uh, you know, running a restaurant for somebody else and you know, living out their vision and also you know, controlling a profit and loss statement and, you know, controlling these numbers. But then when I see the profit margins and I see what my salary is, you know, I have a problem. And it's like, like that, like, (laughs) seriously, it it is what it is. And it's totally fine. It's like, I would much rather Mm. not do this anymore. And, um, and here's the reason why, but I don't want to tell that to the, so if you're young, if you're a young chef out here, out there, don't listen to this advice. This is not advice. Okay. It's just me, my personal road. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I, I ran restaurant. I ran restaurants for Wolfgang Puck for a long time. You know what I'm saying? I, I, it was a great, it was a, it's a great company. I love the company. But the thing is, is you get to a point where you're like, okay, where you're a shining star. You feel really good. You're, you're, you show mm-hmm. up on time. You're, you know, you, you go above and beyond to like make things work, cr- crunch numbers, run specials, do all of the things. But the thing, the thing is, then you outgrow your position. And then also yeah. like, when you're ready to make a move or take on your own restaurant, you know, it's almost like a lateral move or they try to hustle you and take advantage of you for, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, like as far as salary is concerned. And that's the thing that makes me so mad because I didn't know shit until uh, one of my really good friends is an entertainment lawyer. So and I want to get back to this, too, because this is going to be funny for you, Bimi, is uh, oh, how do you what do you like to be called? Bimi Cruz or Bimi? Yeah, Bimi. OK. And um, so the thing is, is like he was the one that put in things in perspective. He, so I had an opportunity to go on Top Chef. All right. 
I was living in Las Vegas. I made it to the final round, and um, they ended. It was the I best. I think you would have killed thing. it by, on there. Just side yeah, note, yeah. real quick. Well, well, you know what? Listen, I, I think so too. I think uh, it would have worked out really well. But here's the thing: it was kind of like a blessing and a curse because um, I had my lawyer read the contract, and he's like, "Listen, um, you know, this is not really a good idea." Like you're signing over mm. your life for the next three years after the show. He's like, they take 30% of what you, what you make. And you know, yes, they might hook you up with connections, but you're basically under their umbrella for the rest of your life. And, and I was like, okay, well, what is that? But you know, when you're passionate and you're young, you just want to do it. He's like, so if this is something you're truly passionate about, then yes, do it. But if this is kind of like the reality TV star um, mm. contract, he's like, let me give you an example. If you go and you invest in a business or you buy a piece of real estate, they get 30% of that uh, in the next wow. three years. Yes. And so thankfully, so I'm in Los Angeles I, um, and I get I get the call and I didn't make the final cut. And it's because of the conflict of interest with Wolfgang Puck. So because basically nice. he was a, he was a guest judge on the show. Right. They had him scheduled in. And so it worked out to my benefit. And and it's made the 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 reality TV aspect of it is toxic. But guess what? That's what they have to do. They have the producers have mm. to create this show. So in all honesty, they know who's going to win. They already yeah. know the winner. People don't know whatever this. Whatever makes the best story. And here's a great example of that. Um, Nick Giovanni, Dude, and listen, all the Nick Giovanni's fanboys don't come after me, okay? I love Nick. I love <laughs> what he's doing. I am a fan. I follow him on all socials. You know, nowadays, you got to say, you got you to gotta say the positive before you say the negative. A lot of people, I made a video and somebody asked me if I think he was a chef, if he's a chef. And I'm like, listen, no, he's, look, here, here's the thing. I'm going to play devil's avocado. No, I do not think he's a chef, but, but it doesn't matter. And you know why? Because he's making more money off of social media than all of us. But for, for me, it's kind of like his uh, food creation falls under the entertainment category. And if you notice, he's taken a turn Opposed to teaching more, he's just like making videos with food. You know what I mean? And the thing uh-huh. is, is if somebody like I don't care, like he, he could do whatever he wants and he has that right. But a lot of people think, be, oh, Bimi, we lost you. That's okay. He'll reconnect back in a second. Dog. Do you want to talk about that guy? Oh, Bimi, listen, hey, stop playing. You, you know, I started You're talking good. about Nick. That's when you got sad and you, you cut it off. <laughs> 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 no. He's like, so, hey, so that, any, that, like, nah, that, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. But like, here's what I was going to get at is like, um, somebody had asked me if I think he's a chef. And I said, no, with respect, I don't think he's a chef. And the reason is, is because he's never ran a kitchen. And then everybody in the comment section, the, yeah, the, the, everybody in the comment section, all his little fanboys started coming in after me. And it's came funny at, came out Brandon. This is, this, this is exactly what they said. He won Master Chef. He was on Master Chef. That makes him a chef. Blah 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 blah. He is a chef. He is a chef. Blah. And I'm like, okay, listen. I understand what you're saying. And unfortunately, I lived in Los Angeles for four years. They do a really good job of convincing you that this is real life. They do. They do mm-hmm. an amazing job. And unfortunately, if you even look at the show, they they don't bring on trained chefs. Do you know what I'm saying? They oh, bring on home cooks. home cooks. Amateur chefs, but they do not bring on professional chefs because somebody like me would wipe that fucking stage. I would. Yeah, I would. Like, there's no doubt. Let me like, tell you something. Let me let me tell you something real quick. Not one of those people on that show would be able to walk into um, a Wednesday night dinner service mm. and survive. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not. I'm not talking about the weekend. I'm talking about a, 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 a you know 
you know, you get a good steady Wednesday where when you finish, you guys look at each other. Hey, that that, that was a, that was pretty good, huh? It was a yeah. Wednesday. You guys sort of like none yeah. of them. But but here's the thing, and I want to I want to preface this by saying like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a home cook. There actually, it's admirable, and I respect the yeah. shit out of home cooks and cooks in general. But everybody needs to take in consideration. There's a difference between a chef and a cook. There's a difference, and it's not yep. to be egotistical. And I'm not mm-hmm. sitting here gatekeeping, but this is what they were saying. Well, Nick is a chef. I believe him as a chef. And I'm like, okay, listen, you could, I mean, I don't care. Like, I think he's a great person. I follow him on all social medias. I love his videos. I love his YouTube Mm -hmm. channel. I saw him go from 14,000 subscribers to like a mil less than a month. And I'm like, dude, that is an amazing achievement. So here's another, uh, here's another fun fact. I had, uh, it's funny because I had Hell's Kitchen reach out to me like three times. And I just um, turned him down this, this, um, two months ago too. Yeah, listen, it's oh, not wow. worth it for you. It's not worth it for you because you're trained. No. And it's funny because I finally yeah. said, hey, I said, listen, I'm overqualified for this. I'm sorry. But this show. <laughs> I, and she literally reached out and said, yeah, you're right. And I, I'm not going to lie. I know some of the producers on the show via my uh, my lawyer, but like it's the same thing. Like they're not going to have people like me or you guys on the show. They're going to put the worst cooks in America that they can find or inexperienced, I should say, not, not the worst. But they, they, it's a TV show. And people need to understand that. But um, I'll tell you what, man, it's crazy. That chef life is crazy. And what do you, what, what um, like for now, nowadays, I think what's really important is, you know, with the attacks on social media and like people posting their stuff. And I wanted to get your perception on this because I'm not going to lie. I shut off the TikTok app, TikTok app, and I go back to normal life. Right. Like I, I like. No, nobody is yeah. going to hurt my feelings in the comment section, right? And, yeah. and I, I, I feel like you're the same way. Like, you're just chill. Like, somebody could say, oh, that sucks, or it's not enough seasoning, or whatever. And you'd be like, yeah, all right, bro. I like, give it a like you, and keep it moving. Hey, 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 hey bitch, you ain't going to tell me how to cook in my own goddamn house. This <laughs> exactly. ain't for you. This ain't for you. No, no, just lame. But, like, I think it's really tough for younger creators, younger chef creators to take feedback like that. So my rule of thumb is say, hey, only take feedback from your mutuals, the people you call friends, yep. right? Um, you know, because, dude, I, I've had some people in my comment sections that are absolutely ridiculous. And it's actually kind of funny. And yeah. um, b- before I used to respond to the hate, I'm not like Casey. Casey, Casey. Oh, Casey freaking, K- but Casey is informative with his hate. He does the mic drop. <laughs> you know why? You know why? Because he's a trained chef. He is a trained yeah. chef and he feels confident in speaking mm. on these certain topics. And, yeah. I, and I'm like, you know, this is, and listen, listen, BB, I'll tell you how me and Casey met. We, um, I posted a video and I know you've already heard this thousand times, Casey, I'm sorry. I posted a video Keep and, he, on going. and he's like, he's like, Hey, you know what chef? That looks good. But I think it'd look better on this plate on a different plate. I don't remember yeah. the exact thing, but, but I was like, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. right. And I, Click follow, I click follow, I followed him. And it's like, for me, it's not really about the followers. It's about your per- point of view. And Casey and I, mm-hmm. even though we have two different point of views and we we, we debate a lot of things, but at the same yeah. time, it's like we're two chefs that can, uh, you know, find that middle ground and, you know, work towards a solution. And that that's what makes us a good fit. So what's your perception on, um, on like the hate comments on TikTok and how ridiculous they are sometimes? Well, honestly, like I just give, I give it a like and keep it moving. I Sometimes I don't want to, I'm in the same boat as you. I'd be like, "What? Are you, where are you coming from with this information? Now, if I go to your page and you don't really have anything on your page that's stimulating me, like thinking, oh, like he knows what he's doing. I don't even waste no time. I give it a like and I keep mm-hmm. it moving. Or like, you know what I mean? Or, or I'll laugh to it. 
like I'll put like a laughing face and just keep it moving. It's one of those things where I don't let it um, get my attention because I try to stay as positive as possible all the time. And it's just like, you know, one of those like um, me being po- extra positive is fake it till you make it type thing. Because I'm like, I could be, listen, I could switch, I could turn the switch and it's like I'm back in the block sipping yeah. any. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're not doing that. We're not doing that. That's not what we're doing today. That's not what we're doing today. What we're doing today is like you didn't like what I did. Or you got an issue with it, then you say what you need to say. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it, whatever. Like, oh, that looks dry, or that looks this, or that. Like, man, listen, who is you? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, and I do a lot of what I try to do, anyways. I try to. You always got to find the things that make you like go pop. Like I remember what made you. Uh, I don't know if it made you go pop, but it's the first time that I really started noticing you, Brendan, was when you did the whole um the, the cutting of the salmon. Oh you know, yeah, yeah, that like, video. That that video. Let me tell you something. That video popped off, but I felt really passionate about it, and it was true, like off the top. Uh, I'm yeah. not going to repost it, but that is my most uh, my most controversial video. And but it made I'm, I was making a statement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm sure you listened to that, and you were like, "Yeah, fuck, he's right. He's fucking right." And the funny thing is, I had a such a low budget video taken from the oldest phone possible, my sous chef holding it of me doing a, a salmon because we I, when the restaurant that I was at. Every Thursday we got fresh seafood, and every day nice. we was ordering um we was ordering uh salmon, cod, scallops, lobster. Just that's, that's from our regular vendor. But I'm from I'm from Mass, so we go to Boston. Boston we have um this is the big fish company out the harbor of Boston. Is is Stavis, is Wolf, is Boston Lobster. That's where we get all our stuff. So on Thursday we're coming back with about seven thousand dollars worth of seafood. You know, and by Sunday we gotta be selling scrap for 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 appetizers mm-hmm. and the specials and stuff. You know, so we're picking up um, swordfish, halibut, yellowfin, tuna, all kind monkfish, um, fresh uni. Freaking every day we had different. We had three different oysters, different things we were doing on a regular basis. So I really made my bones there with seafood. Like I'm telling you, my my main guy that cut most of my fish was my maintenance slash you know fish guy and this guy would tear down you know sometimes we get about like 30 pounds of like black bass you know black bass comes these little bastards and he's got a scale hog and every time we get the black bass you don't even want to see him when you hand it to him dog you just want to put in a walk in and be like yeah yeah so it's in the cooler i'm gonna need you to clean that up (laughs) and i can already hear him like what the fuck you know what I mean I already hear him cussing yeah. but he's gonna clean that up like like this but the point is that when I seen your video I was like word because you know what that showed me like yeah that's we're cutting at least at least I'm ordering three salmons a day like three whole salmons a day and we're breaking those bad boys mm-hmm. down and um, you know I'm cutting them at least three or four times a week but on Thursdays he's taking care of my big order so I already knew I was like alright this guy's legit He's solid. You know, you ever would have said something to me about anything that I'm doing, I'd be like, all right, I need to pay attention. Anybody else, I don't care. So I felt like that was something that really set you um, and put you on your mark, chef authorized, and then you was boom, 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 boom. You started blowing up. For Mm -hmm. me, it's been a slow process because um, I started posting videos and I started getting a little bit of a buzz. And then I had to slow down. I started doing a meal prep business. It took a lot of my time off from from the app. But whenever should, I do porter, you should do the you should do the meal. You should set up a GoPro, and people really want to see that the meal prep business. Yeah, you should. 
all that just, shit, I had to I had to get on top of that. I was slacking on that. When I'm not doing yeah. it right now, but I was slacking on that. Oh, okay. so I do Puerto Rican food. So Puerto yeah. Rican food is the yeah. thing that yeah. I feel like always get buzzed. Every time yeah. I do like some roast pork with a crispy skin, the penne that yeah. other Puerto Ricans do, or I do like a traditional like a bean stew, a uh, bichuela guisada, or some um, relleno de papas, which is like traditional Puerto Rican things. I try to always play it a certain way, try to do something new to it. You know, instead yeah. of just being fried food, like I made these. Um, uh, oh, you know what? They, I, I got to pull something out of the oven real quick. I got to pull something out of the oven real quick. I'll be right back. All right. They killed me for saying, for, you know, for saying plantains, you know, it's plantains, but I said plantains. You know, mm-hmm. I'm only saying it in English just for the people. And I'm used to saying platanos or maduros or whatever. Yeah. I'm not, you know, they killed me for that one, but I just laugh every comment away because it's like, bro, just pay attention to the recipe and never mind how I said it. It's, it smacks. Mm-hmm. But I like to do different things. Like I did, uh, I did like, I, I, I served it with like a nice chipotle aioli. I did also uh, a cilantro. Aioli, so it's a combination mm-hmm. of like a spicy and a little bit more cooler, citrusy, cilantro, mm-hmm. aioli. So there's a combination. I give it some uh, pickled onions, fresh cilantro. I finish it. like, And I try to do different things presenting it wise. And it's not that I'm trying to be fancy and I'm trying to do anything. Yeah. It's just I'm giving you the food that we always have ate. But a lot of times our food has so much room to evolve and grow. And I feel like people mm-hmm. don't take the time to like to do and that's all i want to do i want to be able to present our food but more on a broader spectrum where it can get appreciated yeah. instead of just you know being one of those like culture things like oh yeah i've had puerto rican food before it's good i want it to 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 have balance to have more than just mm-hmm. fat more than just packed with protein more than just you know um fried heavy you know rich in flavor you want i want to try to find ways to like you know incorporate different different things so when you take a bite I'm really big than whatever, whenever I'm cooking that I want your palate to be stimulated with uh, uh, an array of flavors. And, and I want yeah. it to, you know, I want the, the heat, the sweet, the spice, the acidity, and, and, you know, the underrated guy, the umami, that umami flavor that, you know, also, I also want those flavors, not all together, but you know what I'm saying? Whenever I'm cooking, I do. that's what I'm thinking of. That's what I'm thinking. How can these flavors play off with each other? And it can still be something that we traditionally made. I, I, like I do, I call it, uh, you know, because I have this little thing where I think about every time you, we used to measure our rice, my mother and my grandmother mm-hmm. had uh, a tin can. So the tin can where either it came with the corn, you get the tin can or the, the Goya beans or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that tin can, they always had one that that's what they used to measure their rice. So um, they'd be like, how many, how much rice are you doing today? Three, three latas, um, three cans, mm-hmm. two cans, one can. So whenever I measure and everything is with the cans. So I try to stick to the roots of the foundation of my um, of my upbringing. You know, that mm-hmm. little kid that was sitting on that table with his mother and his grandmother doing all that cooking in the kitchen. Well, he's not fully mm-hmm. 100% paying attention, but he's watching. And, and I know the, the foundation and, the, and uh, the authenticity of my food. So I try to keep those techniques, but then also add other elements to, like, to bring it to life. And then sometimes you get people who don't have they've never really cooked in the kitchen barely know how to cook they, they just know how to make like you know a, a, a recipe that's just loaded with adobo from goya and they think that they did something special trying to tell you stuff on mm-hmm. online and i'm in my head like you expect me to pay any attention to what you're really saying you expect me to take <laughs> what you're saying anything like and i just don't give it i just don't give it no energy i don't give it no time because in my head i know 
that, listen, man, you, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. And if you knew yeah. what the hell you was talking about, then I'm going to take it as, all right, let's let's learn. Because I'm, I'm very big on always trying to learn. I try to approach everything as a sponge, you know, because it could be, like I said, the example I was saying about my um, my maintenance guy slash my my fish guy, they bush. He, he's all he does is maintenance there. You put him on the line, he's going to get buried. He's going to get buried. Mm -hmm. He's going to drown. He's not going to know what to do. But he is also going to give me a different way to, you know, cut that halibut. A lot of halibut's easy. That's an easy one. But you don't just a different type of fish or breaking down some bronzinis or something like that. He's going to show you the best mm -hmm. way possible to do this, that. And it's just like, because, and, and so you're always learning. You're always learning. But I also know who to soak up information from and who to just not to ignore. And when it comes to like comics and people trying to say anything, like I, if if you don't really have any anything like solid behind you, any I'm good. I know enough to know if you. I know what you know what you're talking about. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it definitely like, does. Maybe a question for you, real quick. Have you been? Uh, how long have you been in Mass? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, most of my life. I I was here. I I've been in Mass. Oh, got life. you. So uh, I think it would uh, it would benefit you. I, I used to work for Legal Seafoods. That was my main corporate for several years. So that's uh, the biggest Boston seafood, company. Not to cut you off, I've had mm -hmm. a lot of people come from Legal Seafood that have been really great workers. Um, really uh -huh. know how to run a good system. Like as far as like um, you know setting up uh, for like my orderings and everything like that. They they got mm -hmm. a really good like system in place that I adapted that. When I came to doing my orderings, my sous chef was, uh, he came from legals and he was really helpful with being, um, like breaking down, uh, the, the spreadsheets and everything to set mm -hmm. it up to become, make everything a lot more easier. You know, so I give it to legal seafoods. They, they, they run it like a machine, but they got a good system. Yeah. It's a, it's a machine driven kind of a restaurant. So the, I think the, the most, um, in one sentence, they train you to be exec right away with like the capacity to train the the most underling of cooks to read an excel sheet because you everything is gets broken down into like a like a format like a pdf or like an excel so you can train anyone that goes onto the line so i, I that's what i appreciate the most on that company but i i mentioned that because um oh he cut off again <laughs> for a second <laughs> i see his phones when he's uh when he's going on he kind of there we go there we go don't, 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 don't talk about legal seafood. Don't talk about Nick or else I'm out of here, bro. We can't even, we can't even talk about the other ones. <laughs> My daughter keeps calling me. I, I, I'm trying to hit her message. Like, listen, oh, she knows okay. I'm doing this. You know what I mean? But she's just... Be you should answer it. Just answer it. Say, hey, no, give me a second. man. Listen, Mike. You <laughs> just think no. I oh, know what the she, hell she... Trust me. She wants, she wants some money. Yeah. Like, Daddy, I want some money. <laughs> she wants uh -huh. some money. So, hey, what, um, so, so go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Casey. Sorry. No, no, really quickly, I just want to show two videos before we kind of move on. Bimi, I know it's going to be cringe for you, but just strap on your bootstraps real quick. Um, so I got you a couple of footages. I did not know this was you. So I, I saw this video a while ago because I, I follow Ramsey. So when anything yeah. Ramsey gets tagged in, obviously, whatever the videos are. But this is this is you on the line. But look at you real quick. I was on a show with Gordon Ramsay called Master Jeff. Did okay on the show, but got yeah. sent home early. Feeling encouraged, I went to work as a line cook.
Now, before, before uh, really quickly, I can feel your face. <laughs> Whoever was recording you, you were definitely on a busy rush. And you're like, bro, let's just get this food out. Like, right now, what is going on? That's what I felt on that video. Um, no, no, go for it. That was a, that was a busy uh, Saturday night. Um, uh, every see? Year, I knew it. Every year, my parents, um, you know, when they have the anniversary, we get together as a family and, you know, go out to dinner. Um, that mm. happened to fall on the weekend, and they already knew, like, that doesn't exist for me. Like, I weekend, I'm working. So that actually for their 50th anniversary, they came to my restaurant. The whole family was there and I was cooking. Those meals were going out to uh, my parents and my, and oh, my whole family. That's pretty awesome. But that was a restaurant. That was a restaurant that I work at. My restaurant that I worked at, it's a machine too as well. We, it's a from mm. scratch kitchen. Like, you know, we make it's from scratch as much as possible. But we like, you know, we're making all our dressings, all our mayo, all our stocks, all our, um, our breads, our pizzas. We make focaccia, sourdough, um, mm-hmm. ciabatta. We make um, lobster, lobster stock twice, twice a week. We're making veal yeah. stock twice, three times a week. We're making chicken stock twice a week. We're making uh, red sauce. We're making veg stock. We're, everything is like you know, is being made. All the the mayo is being made in house. The pickles, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a really like really close from uh, a scratch kitchen. And that was one of the driving points. And we're doing everything. Like fresh, we're breaking down big whole um, fish and like just constantly. It's a really great place to grow and learn because um, mm. you're constantly. It's so much, so much that you have to do. Like we're constantly, constantly like being hit so hard because we, you know, it's one of those things I say we're not reinventing the wheel, but we're making sure that every spoke on that wheel is nice and tight. And those chains mm. nice and lubricated, and we're ready to grind and pull through because we're doing all the extra necessary steps that most other restaurants just take shortcuts. They'll buy something from Cisco, they'll buy something from Reinhardt, they'll buy something from um, mm-hmm. from Gordon's, you know, and it's already pre-made, you know, like and it's just like, no, man, we're making everything ourselves, and we're and only thing we're buying from from them, you know, for it's just stuff that we need, like you know, maybe some meat, some chickens, and stuff like that. But then everything else is different things that are going to help us make all this in-house we're not having no pre-made product yeah i love i love that i love that man and that's what we need more of unfortunately it's just like and i'm sure you know this the labor cost is just it's so skyrocketing the the labor and like here's the thing man it's like because i worked in pretty much all scratch kitchens too and i love the aspect of actually learning something you know because like if, if you put me on a station and i have to peel potatoes for eight hours straight oh dude i'm gonna I'm going to, I'm going to hurt myself. But if you're like (laughs) doing different things, it it really changes you as a cook and really helps you learn and being held accountable, man. That's why I tell people don't stage, get the job, get the job somewhere and be held accountable, get a paycheck. But, um, yeah, that's crazy though. That's awesome. So so, so, I like the word you use being held accountable because that's what I tell everybody who interviews in my kitchen when they used to come in to interview. And I'm not gonna lie, man. If I, if I seen, if I seen a name like Hernandez, Rivera, Perez, I'm excited. I'm like, yo, everybody else is like, everybody else is like, listen, this is a hard kitchen from top to bottom. Everybody is strong. The prep girl is going to hold you accountable the same way the dishwasher is going to hold you accountable. I'm going to hold mm. you accountable. Everybody here is strong. Everybody here works as a team. And if you left your station dirty or you, you're going to get told by the prep girl, 
You're going to get told, like, what are you doing? This and that. That goes on compost. What are you doing? That doesn't go there. This goes over here. Like, you know, like everybody holds everybody accountable on that kitchen. And um, and it's a strong, strong, I mean, like extremely strong, like to where, you know, it's one of those kitchens where the the it's the owner, you know, he's a former chef, but his daughter runs it. And she's one of those like flat seat, flat seat, flat seat, flat seat. No respect mm. for the kitchen whatsoever. Yeah. Like doesn't give a fuck. And then when, you know, my Karma J guy's got like four or five pages full of shit and she's calling for you know, where's um where the Arantinis or where's this? I'm like, whoa, 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 listen, listen, listen. Linda, <laughs> Linda, you know that he just got buried with a, like a thousand orders and he's got to open 12 oysters and he's got to, it's like, come on. And I'm that's one thing that I always had my lines back. Always, always. When push came to shove, I always had that back and I would be, you know, try to dig them out of, dig them out of holes. If I know that they're, that they that they got there not because of their fault but if it's because you know there's four tickets on the board and now why are you making a cocktail sauce why, why wasn't this ready before service you get what i'm saying that's yeah, a whole different service. uh approach but you know then you're dealing with these people that sometimes are not considerate of the kitchen and it's just like i'm personally you know that was it, it was something that sort of was in the back of my mind it sort of like irked me a little bit but i was also proud of the fact that my team was so strong that no matter what came down that pipe, we swung back and we didn't make excuses. We made it happen and we held each other accountable to be ready and step up to the plate every time, every day. I had this experience. Listen, be me. I went to on Thanksgiving. I went to uh, Fleming Steakhouse and it's crazy because as a chef, I used to hate this. And it's when um, the manager doesn't manage the room properly. Right. The front mm. of the house manager. And what, what do they do? They sit people like back to back to back. They overcrowd the server. They over like. You, it's like a harmony. It's like air traffic control. Now, here's the thing. When I worked in Vegas, you had no choice but to sit the people, to sit them and get them ready. Because if yeah. not, they're going to go to the restaurant next door. And being on the strip, yeah. it's so competitive. Like, it's so competitive. There's so many restaurants, so many good restaurants within a short short, like a short um, area that, um, you know, you have to sit the people. But what I tried to do, Bimi, is take it a next step where, dude, I'm not going to lie. We would get freaking 12 to 15 tables sat one time right mm. and i remember mm. just getting completely buried in the kitchen be down and then like the thing is is the manager be like oh see you guys can't keep up you guys can't see keep up if i huh. and, and hey you know what and i'm i was like hey listen you know what in all honesty like i would i would want to be mad at you right now but unfortunately we are tied at the hip so yeah i would ask that hey listen how about you sit them down but don't give them menus give this table menus first right take a drink order then give them menu stage out the menu stage out the drinks and yeah. then give the kitchen a chance you know what i'm saying because the, the person back there mm -hmm. we only have two hands like and I, I would really highly urge like to work with the front of the house manager so you don't take the kitchen down because in all honesty this used to happen and i would say i would say hey listen table 55 is not going to see appetizers for 15 minutes just so you know yeah. <laughs> literally hey just so you know this table this table right here you need to go talk to them right now butter them up buy them drinks or you know send them an amuse whatever you want to do but um, I think there's that was missing. So basically, on uh, Thanksgiving, we sit down. First of all, our reservation was at six thirty, and uh, we didn't sit down until like seven, seven ten, right? Because there was just no tables, right? There was just no, I mean, they were just overbooked and understaffed, yeah. and it was. I felt so horrible for the staff. Like you know how hey, you know how when you I go to a, when you it. go to a restaurant, like you know sometimes like hey, the, the food's on its way, it should be up momentarily, you know, no problem. 
But now in these times in COVID, yo, dog, the server had just gave up, man. He came to the table. He's like, hey, man, I, you know, I put in the order 30 minutes ago. I'll be honest. I don't know when it's coming out, but you know, I'm just I'm just giving y'all a heads up, man. You know, he's like staring the weeds when he comes at you like that, bro. Doug, my man, my man was he had he had a section in the dining room and then he had a section outside. So wow. so co- the the COVID uh, protocol, you know, now restaurants have built outside, but they don't have more staff. They have they actually have less staff. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so I'm I'm watching my server. I'm watching him and I'm looking at him in the inside the restaurant and he has six tables on the inside of the restaurant and three That's tables outside Damn. six yeah. tables on the inside and three tables outside and um and you know i felt so bad for him but then i see that the front of the house manager like go running to every single table and i'm like they need to stop the door they need to stop the door like you just need 100%. to stop and give the kitchen 30 minutes like i'm sorry but and guess what you know how many tables they comp that night Pfft, a lot they had to Probably come a lot. So they, they end up losing more money like that, you know what I mean? Where, where if they definitely, yeah. I, I used to say all the time, I'd be like, um, because you know, especially when we started doing takeout, because then you got the big influx of takeout, so you got takeouts mm. coming in like crazy, and you're trying to balance takeouts and you're trying to balance the ones that are um that are here, you know, and um, you could tell which tickets is what, and so you know, you, I'll prioritize whichever one's here a little bit before the takeout hit, but then I tell them, listen, I need a longer wait on takeout, you know. They, mm. they always wanted stuff to come out like in 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, and, but it's like, listen, I, I need you to set that back to like, to like 40 minutes, 50 minutes. Yeah. And it's like, they come back a half hour later. Are we there yet? I'm like, you can set it back maybe uh, less, five minutes less, but listen, you see what's going on here. And it's like, I hate like when some people just, they're not being considerate. You know what I mean? It's like, we have, look at the tickets on the board. You know, we have a full packed house and we got tons and tons of takeout on top of that real quick i know we're, we're to the time for example mother's day mother's day on um they opened up the ticket machine at 315 i mean at 345 at 520 they shut down the machines i said you gotta shut down the machine and that was it no more for the rest of the day and we still made twenty four thousand that day damn <laughs> that's good man we didn't stop cooking good grief till like nine o'clock at night bro Mm. And, and at that Been time, and, that. and it's just like it's like, bro, you know, like, and I, and that day, I really did let lay on him. I said, you guys, really, just you know, you guys took pre-order. It, it was a learning lesson for everyone. It was a learning lesson for everyone, mm. but they really heard it. They were real apologetic to the kitchen because my staff, I'm telling you, man, they fight, and, and that's the first thing that I, when I look to hire somebody at this place, anyways, where I was at, I, I want to know that you're you're passionate about cooking. You're gonna learn. Trust me. When you walk into that saute line and you got to do all kind of different stocks and butcher, break down all kind of meat, do this, and then you're on, on Garment J, you still got to prep everything, all your dressings, break down everything you got to do. There's so much shit you got to do. Then you're going on pizza. You're doing breads. You're doing um, um, pizza dough. You're doing all kind of shit that's going to take you most of the day. Like, they, you're going to learn. You're going to grow, but you have to be willing to fight. Watch those tickets come in because we want. I, I I want you to rely. I want you to be quick, but not rush. When you rush, you make mistakes. Mm. When you're quick, you're efficient. So rely on your muscle memory. You know, saying you've done this before. Let's let's get going. Have everything set up in place. You know, and that's why we. You know, I make sure you're set up. Your means of plus. You're ready to go. Where's your backups? I need you to be aware of your backups right now, without even looking, trying to guess. Because uh, if I'm if I'm going to run or send somebody to get your backups, I need you to tell you boom. 
Yeah, it's this bit and this located here, blah, blah, blah. Go, 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 go. You know how this, man. I'm telling you. You know what's so funny is like, I'm just reminding myself, like, listen, some people think Garmer J is the easiest station. Dog, I would argue it's one of the mm. hardest. Fucking bro, it's the hardest. Yeah. I would I would argue this one of the hardest. I think I think what's really important, and I see this common in a lot of cooks, is not having the mise en place correct, right? Not having the mise en place, everything in its place. And what happens is when those tickets start ringing in, they just they completely stop what they're doing and start making another order. And this mm-hmm. is what completely fucks you. And yep. so all them young cooks out there, just remember, first in, first out, right? First in, first out. But I have a golden rule. If you're on a hot app station or a grill station or a fish station, my golden rule is stop and drop. Meaning, if you see halibut or salmon run in or if you see a New York strip, just stop, drop it on the grill, get it working. Yeah. Get it working, get it working, and then you go back to the FIFO, first in, first out, and then you have to over-communicate. Yeah, man, I, I, this is crazy, man. And listen, Bimi, I loved having you on the show, man. It was great. We're going to wrap it up here. Absolutely. But, uh, isn't, this, isn't this tight? Like, no yeah, script, no fun, nothing, man. just freestyle. I, I enjoyed it. Just, I mean, dude, I, I get so, I get fired up off of this, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> because here's the thing. I think we're, we're all so disconnected as chefs. We all know each other on social media. But when you sit down and have a conversation like this, and like, you know, this is not like, Spotify or anything or like iTunes where we have to like have a script and you know it's produced yeah. no man this is just three mm-hmm. chefs three chefs shooting the shit and like you know Same talking about war stories and have it be having like if at the end of a shift, drinking a beer. Yeah, exactly. Case, Bro, this whiskey, is the same shit we know? will talk about. Hey, yeah. Casey, I want, I want to know, why'd you bring up that video, man? why you put me on blast, man, uh, getting buried in the middle Which of the line, line man? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that was a good video. I'm sorry, listen, man. It just, it listen. just, you just look like it looked like me on a Saturday. I'm like, oh, I, I, feel, I felt that. It looked yeah, it like was real. it was real. It looked like a Saturday. It was one hundred percent real. Still, so was, I love it. I love it was that. Mutual. I know we got to take off. I just want to say real quick. I love that that controlled chaos, the intensity that mm-hmm. oh, it's fucking go. Like when those tickets start coming in, it's something that drives me. That it just makes me like feel so good that. I was able to do it and not just do it, but do it right and have, you know, minimal complaints because you're always going to have some complaints. But, you know, just make sure that you had a great service. You push through it. I look at all my line. They look at us. We're just fist pumping each other. You know what I mean? And it's just like, fuck yeah. Like we fucking did it. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I love yeah. that whole sense of that, especially when when you have those nights and you sold out of your special 86 is special. Fuck out of here. That's what we do. You know what I mean? You know what I just <laughs> said on my line real quick? I'm going to exit with this. I would say, come on, guys, scared money makes money and we get fucking paid around here. Cool. And it's a hurt yeah. chef, hurt chef. Scared go. money makes zero money and we get paid because we ain't scared. Let's go. I mean, yeah, so, straight mm-hmm. up, man. Yeah, it's crazy. That's Sick. when, that's that's when awesome, you man. know, when the, that's when the, when the tickets fall, you got to motivate them. They got to let you see that you're ready mm. to go. You, so they, they ride them with you. I, rem- I remember I used wow. to like bail out a cook and I would I would make them watch me cook, watch me work them st- work their station. It's crazy. Because I was hey, like, listen, you, you, you don't think I can? Petty. I was like, hey, that's why I tell all the chefs, you need to know how to do everybody's job. I don't care. Everyone's dishwasher, job. Mm-hmm. Dishwasher, prep cook, you are not good enough to sweep the floor, to not sweep the floor. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I think that's Correct. true, man. So my, anyway. My sous chef knew. My, real quick, hey, my sous chef knew. I was like, take the wheel. If I tell my sous chef, take the wheel, here you know. I'm kicking somebody out the station. You don't know how to freaking do it. This is how you bang pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope. All right, guys. All right, brother. Hey, appreciate you, man. Hi, yo. Primo. Thank awesome. you for having me on, man. Have it was a good pleasure. One. Yeah. Everybody go follow him on social. Peace out, Be linked yeah, down yeah, below. Yeah, 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 yeah.